This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. All right. Um, the last paper for today is a paper that I got hooked by the title. It says, language exposure for preterm infants mm-hmm. is reduced relative to fetuses. First author is- I loved this paper. I know. First author is Brian Monson. It's in the Journal of Pediatrics. It's from a group out of the U.S., the background is super interesting. They mentioned how auditory function begins as early as 23 weeks of gestation um, and that preterm infants undergo a rapid and premature change in auditory experience as they transition from the intrauterine acoustic environment to the neonatal intensive care unit. The um, intrauterine environment is quite unique, unique with constant primarily low-frequency sounds of mother's cardiovascular and digestive system and voice transmitted to the fetal, to the fetal ear via amniotic fluid. Extrauterine sounds are modified by transmission through abdominal tissue, which provides some attenuation, possibly more pronounced at higher frequencies. Now, when you contrast this with the NICU, uh, where infants are exposed to high sound levels, electronic and mechanical noises, and periods of silence transmitted via air rather than fluid, now it is presumed that these auditory exposures in the NICU differ from fetal exposure, the extent of which is unknown. Now, Their goal in this study was to analyze the auditory exposures for typically developing fetuses compared to NICU infants. It was a prospective study, and they included um, pregnant uh, mothers who were 19 years old or more, uh, who were 20 weeks or more of gestation, but less than 32 weeks, and who had no pregnancy complications. Uh, The families of preterm infants were approached by practitioners in the NICU, and they included uh, similar patients where mothers were above the age of 19, the babies were less than 32 weeks uh, 32 weeks or less of gestational age, and they obviously excluded babies with congenital anomalies, infection, or uh, any type of prenatal brain lesion. So what was the intervention? So they basically used this thing called the, the LENA for the fetal exposures, and it's basically like a little, it looks like, if you're listening in the car, it basically looks like a good old pager. Um, so it's like a small rectangular device with a small LCD screen. And basically, it was placed in a fabric pouch. It was attached almost like as a necklace, but worn around the neck, and it dangled pretty much around the abdomen so that it would capture the sounds around the mother's abdomen. Um, and it was uh, placed for a 24-hour period. And during sleep, they would place it at the bedside so that the mother would not really fall on it, and they would just be close by, but not on the, the on the mother. Um Recording took place twice per week and uh, throughout the third trimester. And basically, the parents were allowed to pick the day, but it just had to do it twice per week. And now for the NICU exposure, they used the same device and they attached it to the inside wall of the crib near the infant's head. Um, and they only um, the recordings were made inside the infant's incubator. Only open cribs were, were used for a variety of reasons. So um, 27 pregnancies and 24 uh, NICU babies were included, and it accumulated to more than 23,000 hours of auditory exposures. So that's, that's quite impressive. The participation was approximately 12 weeks for the fetal group and about five weeks for the NICU group. The postmenstrual age during data collection ranged from 22 weeks to 41 weeks postmenstrual age across fetal participants, and the postmenstrual age in the NICU was 26 to 44 weeks. So, very preterm infants received an estimated 0.53 hour per day. So half an hour. So yeah, that's that's always tricky, right? When you say 0.53, so it's about half of an hour of exposure to adult language 
nearly five times less than the 2.6 hour per day estimated for fetuses. So right away, this is already quite significant. These exposures resulted in an adult word count estimates of 7,000 something words per day for preterm infants compared to 36,000 for fetuses. So language exposure dramatically reduced. For fetuses, 69% of adult language exposure was female, whereas 88% of adult language exposure was female for very preterm infants. So interestingly enough, the breakdown of male versus female voices is completely skewed when uh, they end up in the NICU and they end up being exposed to more female voices. And they're not really trying to go into what is the implication of that. But I think in an, at face value, it's an interesting finding. Very preterm infants had more exposure to electronic sounds, um, 5.1 hours versus 1.3 hours compared to fetuses, and airborne noises, 4.4 hours versus 2.8 hours. Um, than fetuses. Finally, fetuses, while th that's something that was just mind-blowing to me, while fetuses never experience silence owing to the presence of mother's heartbeat and other biological sounds in utero, preterm infants spend an estimated of 4.7 hours per day in silence. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Whereas language and total extrauterine sound exposure cycles for fetuses show the expected marked day-night pattern with low exposure during nighttime hours, preterm infants in the NICU showed less change across a 24-hour cycle, which is not surprising. The NICU is busy 24-7, and so they never really had that, that decrease in the cycle. And so um, the conclusion was that some preterm infants may incur deficits of over 150 hours of language exposure over the preterm period. And given the known effects of prenatal slash preterm language exposure on neurobehavioral outcome, this magnitude of deficit is alarming. They have some pie chart, which we'll post on Twitter, but Man, crazy. I mean, I don't even have anything to say because the data speaks for itself. Like, I, I mean, and this is, this is again, something you could take to the bedside. Uh, there, there are ways we can change this up, right? Super yeah, interesting, I mean, but won't be too loud, right? Like, that's the other thing is like, we don't want the decibel exposure to be too loud either. It's a very, it's an, it's a fascinating study that I, yeah, is mind blown, I would say, in terms of what they looked at and how they were able to accomplish the, the, the data, getting that mm -hmm. data. Yeah. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.